Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 6, titled... 10 Broad 36. Okay, bunch of stuff going on in this episode. Lots to talk about here. First and foremost, Mutiny. Uh, They've sort of climbed themselves out of this network hole they were in via Sonaris. Uh, They got a foothold again. They're on the West Group network. Joe smoothed things over with Jacob. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Uh, They're building up their base again. They're running perfectly. Well-oiled machine. Cameron and Tom are getting spied on by the staff of Mutiny. And they catch Tom (laughs) sneaking out the window of Cameron's room. (laughs) They have a bet as to whether or not Cameron and Tom are going at it at that exact moment. And it's... Kind of a delightful scene, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so everything's perfect. Until Jacob Wheeler starts to draw a line in the sand and say, Hey, I don't like that Mutiny's only paying $3 an hour. We need to get them to pay 5 an hour. And Joe's like, Okay. So he goes over to Mutiny and lays this out. Like, hey, look, uh, we put you on at a promotional rate. Now we're bringing you back on to $5 an hour. And, of course, both Cameron and Donna call bullshit on this. Like, hey, you're going back on your word. You're screwing us over again. Uh, You're absolutely eviscerating us. Like, you are going to absolutely kill our growth. And Joe's like, yeah, whatever. $5. Five an hour. And Donna's like, okay, let's negotiate this. This is the part where I say three fifty, you say four fifty, and then we settle on four. And then Joe's like, no, this isn't a negotiation. It's five. Give us five. And then Donna has this huge outburst of just no, no, it is four. It is. Four, it is not five, you asshole, F off. I am paraphrasing by a lot, but that is essentially the spirit of it. Uh, So though, then Joe just walks away, and Donna's like, he'll come back. He'll call back in a few hours and say, okay, it's four. A few hours go by, and then Joe takes... Mutiny off the network. So they are cut off. Oops. Guess he's not coming back. Guess that wasn't a negotiation. And Cameron says as much 
in very crass terms. Like, Cameron just eviscerates Donna, lights into her, just absolutely destroys her with really mean, really cruel words that I don't really want to repeat on this podcast. And Boz is like, hey, what the hell? Like, too far. What is wrong with you? Like, even Boz, who's been like, more supportive of Cameron than anyone else is like, yeah, you've gone too far here. So then Donna goes back to Joe and is like, okay, look, I'm sorry. Let's negotiate this. What are we doing? And then Joe says, you know what? I'll go down to 350. If mutiny can meet certain benchmarks. First, you need to, like, pretty up your interface a bit. Get some, like, weather, stocks, all that shit. Second, mail. You'd gotta do mail. Third, mutiny runs exclusively on Commodores. You need to transfer this over to Unix. You need to transfer this over to the AT&T machine. And this is the sticking point. Because they can do the interface. They can do the mail. Whatever. That's fine. That'll take no time at all. But transferring over to an entirely separate machine. All the while being held hostage by $5 an hour. Rather than 350? That's a bit... That's a bit of a tall order. Especially since Unix is, as I say multiple times, monochrome. So it wouldn't exactly pop as much. It kind of... It kind of... Ruins the mutiny experience a bit. It kind of deflates the mutiny experience a bit. So... Instead of, you know, actually doing Unix, they decide, hey, what if we take Commodore, put the parts of it inside a Unix box, an AT&T box, and then do a fake demo for Joe, and then just actually transfer over on our own time, That way he'll leave us alone and we'll get our price cut. So Cameron and Donna and all the other mutiny staff go to work on this. Go to work trying to con Joe. And by the way, all the while, Boz's just saying, Hey, um, why are we doing this? Wouldn't it be smarter to just, you know, do what Joe asks? I mean, this does all sound like stuff that could make Mutiny better. Like, expanding to other platforms would, like, exponentially increase growth. Like, just that just makes sense. Like, so, why? And then Cameron and Don and the rest of the mutiny staff are just like, I mean, we, we could do that, but no, we don't want to. 
So they just continue. Like this sane boz goes on deaf ears. And so they go about this like faking the demo, faking the machine. And then Joe comes over and they do this fake demo for him. And it's going really, really well. Until Joe starts to push it a bit. Until Joe starts to do some more rigorous testing. And he starts to be like, oh, oh, because they didn't have a fan in there. Oh, it's it's kind of hot. Your machine's like kind of melting through the table here. What is this? And then he un... <laughs> he basically like... Takes apart the machine and is like, oh, never seen a Commodore like this before. Must be an exclusive model. And it's just like, hey, assholes. You spent all this time trying to trick me, trying to con me when you could have been actually doing this. F you. So he ends up walking away saying, Cameron, the... You're so much better than this. Why Why did you do this? Why did you, like, go out of your way to just give me the middle finger like this? Like, this is beneath you. And then drives away. Then he goes to report back to Jacob. And he's like, okay, so I got them on 350. I got them on three fifty an hour, the lowest bar you specify, and I gave them certain benchmarks to hit in exchange. The first two they did easily, but the third they decided was not a good use of their time, and they wanted to do it so little. They wanted to get out of doing it so much. They spent a day. Setting up this massive con. Getting, like, a fake demo to stream. And they did this using a fascinating new technology called broadband. Which will make modems obsolete in a decade. This is the forefront of the technological world, or at least it's about to be, and these kids set it up in a day. I think we should acquire mutiny. So now, not only is Joe weaseling his way into being vital for mutiny survival, he is now thinking of having his future father-in-law Completely acquire the company. Damn. That. That happened. Uh, More on that later, I guess. Now, while all this is happening, Donna has this really, really amazing subplot involving her pregnancy. Uh, The episode begins very early on. Donna is talking to her mother. 
And her mother's like, hey, something's wrong with you. Are you and Gordon having problems again? And Donna is just like, no, it's just... I was pregnant. But I miscarried. And you have this typical thing of like, oh, oh, Donna, I'm so sorry. Like, do you need anything? Are you okay? Like, just that typical response. And Donna's like, yeah, I'm good. I mean, like, I wasn't far along, and, I mean, I love the two kids I have. It wouldn't be fair to them to have, like, a new baby in there. And I feel like uh, our family is complete. Like, it would, like, a new baby would just throw it all off. So, really, this is for the best. And she's talking as if she's trying to justify her own miscarriage. And you're listening to this dialogue and you're like, okay, this is weird. Why is she trying to justify a miscarriage to herself? Why is she being so defensive about a miscarriage? Why is she being so matter of fact about a miscarriage? Then fast forward to the end of the episode. And throughout the entire episode, uh, you have little hints. Like, Boz is like, can't you see that woman's going through something? And you think it's written in regards to the miscarriage. Uh, Donna tells Cameron, like, hey, I have to tell you something. After Joe storms out. And you think, she's going to tell her about the miscarriage. Then Donna and Cameron are in the car. And they go to an abortion clinic. Donna did not miscarry. She was still pregnant. She lied to her mother. And because she did not want another kid, because she didn't feel it was right, because she didn't want this, she got an abortion. And keep in mind, this was like Texas in the 80s. So this is a bold move on her part. So yeah. That's also a thing. Meanwhile, Gordon goes over to California, goes to uh, his brother's place. And is having some times walking down memory lane. Uh, He talks to his brother. uh, He reveals his brain damage over drinks. And the brother's like, oh man, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I could do? And Gordon's like, no, 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 you're already doing it. It's fine. And he's like, oh man, Donna must be so broken up about this. And Gordon's like, "Uh, I haven't actually told her yet. And then they run into uh, an old friend. Uh, Actually, Gordon's brother's ex-girlfriend. And she and Gordon catch up, and it's like a nice time. And at one point, they sort of sneak off and hang out together. 
in the back of Gordon's brother's truck. And they talk bit. They smoke some weed. And then they do the sex. And then Gordon reveals his brain damage to her. And then he lets slip that he hasn't told his wife. And then this girl, who has previously been very uh, caring, very accommodating, very supportive of everything he said, is now realizing, oh wait, are you just using me to dump all your shit on? Are you just using me to vent? And then she angrily storms away. So not only is Gordon a cheating asshole, he is also a, even if he doesn't know it, uh, kinda objectifying asshole. Big misstep in the journey of Gordon Clark, to say the least. Uh, my namesake being a massive, massive dick. So, Gordon goes home, and he comes home to crying kids, and a drunk brother, who is very, very angry, because they couldn't track Gordon down all day, and he puts together that he had a bit of an affair with the girl that he used to date. Puts together that Gordon had an affair with the girl he used to date. And he is pissed. He is absolutely pissed and on a rampage and says, you know what? You can't stay here tonight. So he kicks out Gordon, kicks out his daughters, and they end up staying at some crappy motel where they have to call Donna in order to calm Haley specifically down. Yeah. Gordon's kinda in a bit of a downward spiral. Sp spiral? Spiral. Not exactly making the best decisions. Which, let's be honest, that can happen to someone when they just recently got a diagnosis that they have literal brain damage. Uh, and it's gonna get worse. And they're like then their life will never be the same. That can happen. That can be a thing. So, yeah. That's an episode. That is most certainly an episode. A very good one at that. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate 
everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 7. Talk to you then.